Thanks for listening to The Holy Duck. Now, this is a quick recap the last few weeks in regard to the GameStop Reddit situation. Thanks for listening. For many millennials, GameStop has always been a store that generates elation and giddiness. From the launch of Nintendo's GameCube to Microsoft's Xbox, Sony, PlayStation 2 and 3. In other words, GameStop represents so much more than just a mere video game store. It represents the grandiose and imagination of our youth. Now, given the linear dynamic of time, all those baggy pants, Linkin Park listening, Healy wearing kids that used to loiter inside of GameStop have now become full-fledged adults who are now parents, who now have jobs, who now wear all-white New Balances, and yes, even some are now day traders. Now, nostalgia fueled by the far-reaching hand of social media, aka Reddit, and the accessibility of day trading apps like Robinhood, we have created an inexplicable rise of the GameStop stock. Now, the buck doesn't stop there. Nope, stocks like AMC, BlackBerry, and even the long-forgotten blockbuster have skyrocketed. Now, with this sudden rise of stock, now that for all intents and purposes, we're supposed to plummet, so much so that hedge funds bet against it or they shorted these stocks. Now, obviously, these Wall Street juggernauts were cordial and gracious with this huge loss of profit. They didn't try to manipulate or regulate the market. Nothing but stand-up, law-abiding citizens. (sighs) Nah! Okay, that's not exactly what happened. But it's okay. Today on The Holy Duck, in the next segment, I will have Eric and Captain help explain what happened what's going on now and predictions on what will happen thank you for listening to the holy duck What's Race up, my to dude? the bank. What's up, Eric? How you doing? I'm doing good, my man. How you doing? I'm doing wonderful. You know, so good. You know, straight to the bank on the holiest of ducks. What an insane week it has been. It really with has. With Robin been. Hood, with the Reddit situation, you know, with these hedge funds, with these super gracious hedge fund guys that aren't doing anything illegal. Oh, totally, it's just, you know? It's just been an insane week, you know? You know, it really has. It's, uh, you know, these, these innocent, God-fearing, tax-paying hedge funds, you know? They're just, they're the victims here, really, you know? It's, exactly, you know? It's, it's all true. These, pe- these horrible, evil newcomers that are putting, you know, their $600 and investing in GameStop, just awful human beings. It's, it's they're, true, they're taking you know? money away from billionaires. <sighs> I, I know. I think uh, I think we need more regulation now. And you know, uh, these these everyday folks who caused uh, these billionaires to uh, lose billions of dollars, you know, they they should go to prison, right? <laughs> I I com- I concur, Eric. Well, <laughs> guys, welcome to the Holy Duck. Um, I am I am privileged to have Eric and Captain, aka Christian, as my guest. 
Eric is a lawyer. He graduated at the top of his class. He passed the bar on his first try. And currently, you're, you are pursuing your LLC for tax law? Uh, so I want to correct you. I'm not technically a lawyer yet because I'm getting my LLM in tax law so I can specialize in tax before I practice. But uh, yes, uh, I'm working on my LLM right now. Uh, I saw during this whole situation with coronavirus, there weren't really that many great job opportunities, even after graduating from law school and passing the bar. And I kind of wanted to insulate myself from uh, future recessions or, you know, if this happens again with the virus. So I made the decision. I'm going to go back to school and just uh, add on to my education and specialize. Dude, that that is so awesome. But you, you passed you, you found out you, you were you, know, you passed the bar right in the height of everything shutting down. Correct. <laughs> Good times. Yeah. You know, just just great luck with that. <laughs> and, and Captain, um, obviously, you know, both you guys are, you know, uh, stockholders, day traders. You know, you guys both have a lot of personal investment, you know, up in this crazy gypsy circus that's yep. been going on. <laughs> now, to quote Atlanta Morissette, you know, isn't it ironic that a day trading app named Robinhood is, in fact, assisting the rich to stay rich? <laughs> and actually limiting and regulating the new kids on the block from becoming rich. Now, Christian, what on green earth is happening? What what was the catalyst? What was the start of everything? Captain, are you there? Yeah, Cap. All right, well, he, he seems to be still joining us, so I'll just give it like a brief overview. Yes, 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 right. please. Th thank you, Eric. Yeah, no worries, man. So uh, essentially what happened is you've got these big hedge funds, and what they did is they decided they were going to short a company. Basically, what it means is they are betting that a company is going to fail, and they put money on it. Now, the mistake that was made is GameStop, the particular company that started this whole movement, was shorted 140%. When there's only 100% of a company, which, in my opinion, shouldn't be allowed for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, aside from that, the short positions were publicly disclosed, which you don't have to publicly disclose your short position at all. They could have left it to themselves. And uh, I, I don't think this thing would have happened. But essentially, being aware of that, people on Reddit, especially one guy, his name's Deep Fucking Value, <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, he looked at GME and he said, you know what? I think GME has some deep fucking value. So he invested a shitload of money into it. Um, he, uh. he would then post monthly updates about what was going on, what happened, and uh, people would make fun of him, you know? And uh, slowly it built traction and uh, eventually the guy, uh, CEO who founded Chewy got involved. He, he invested and he worked out something with the board of GameStop. And uh, people started noticing and started investing, causing the stock price to go up. So about a week, week and a half ago, it really took off. Uh, people were starting to post that they were investing in GameStop. And uh, as, as a result, the price was going up. And, and also as a result, these hedge funds were getting completely boned, like losing billions of dollars because the price of the company wasn't going down. The company wasn't failing and, in fact, was going up. So they were losing out on their short positions. So essentially, the, uh, the Redditors who were investing in GME were squeezing them. Now... What the people were doing who were investing in it, they weren't doing anything illegal. You're allowed to tell people openly what you're investing in. You're allowed to say when you like a stock. There's nothing wrong with that. Similarly, Yeah, hedge funds, there's whole TV programs dedicated to that. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, and you know, you know hedge funds, they, they have these roundtable dinners where they get together, 
and uh, they talk about the positions they're going to take uh, for the year, the quarter, what have you, and it, it, nobody bats an eye, right? But as soon as somebody <laughs> that's a common person does it, it, all of a sudden it's a problem. <laughs> so as this traction built and, and the price went up, these online brokerages decided all of a sudden that you couldn't invest in certain stocks anymore, which is absurd. Yeah. They just cut it off and they wouldn't let people do it. And the most egregious thing that happened, Robin Hood isn't the only one, but they're getting the brunt of it. Just randomly on Thursday, they decided you can no longer invest in GameStop and you can no longer invest in these other uh, stocks that were like really popular, these meme stocks they're being called. And uh, the result of that is by blocking off the ability to buy, it artificially manipulated the market, causing the price to go down. Now, that made people lose millions upon millions of dollars. Like I talked to you on the phone earlier, a friend of mine, he lost 30 grand in this. Like I personally lost a grand and it's just, it, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous, man. And I hear people on the other side saying like, you know, these people shouldn't be doing this. They're going to ruin the economy, but that's not true. These hedge funds do the same thing all the time. And the difference is the federal government bails them out and we're always stuck getting screwed. Mm -hmm. This time yeah. around when they were getting screwed, they were like, you know what? We're just, we're going to pause the game. Since we're losing, we're going to pause now and you have to sit this out, which is insane. Like I told you earlier, um, to, to like quote Dave Fortnoy, you know, he, he's talking about, it's, it's kind of like you're in the fourth quarter of a game, right? And you're the losing team. So you just arbitrarily change the rules, pause the game and have the winning team sit out while you continuously score. Like that's unheard of. That's insane. You can't do that. That's, that's criminal. It's illegal. And yeah, since then, they've reopened Robinhood and several other brokers. They've, they've reopened the ability to buy uh, these stocks, but now they're limiting the amount you can buy. So it's like and their excuses, they're trying to say that they're protecting the average investor. But, but what? Protecting the common average person from making money, protecting them exactly. from themselves. No, it's it's it, they're colluding with their billionaire buddies in these hedge funds so that they don't get boned on these dumbass deals they made shorting a company 140 percent. And uh, yeah. that's. That's the skinny of what's going on. That's that's the basic of what's going on. I'm sure Captain can elaborate a little bit better. Yeah, Captain, have you joined? Yellow. You, you here yet? Yeah, can yeah, you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, I don't know what was happening earlier. That was, that was weird. Welcome to the party. But I'm so, here now. So, so, Christian, with Thank everything you. that's happened, you know, what advice would you have – to the everyday, average day newcomer, as far as the mark, what's going on with the market right now, and these new regulations that they're putting on Robinhood, what advice would you have? All right, so real quick, I have to kind of rewind to what I was going to say earlier before my microphone wasn't working. That was probably the hedge funds uh, blocking. Oh yeah, please cor correct me if I was wrong at all, or if I butchered there. that. That's just a, a summary, is my understanding. No, 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 no. That was that was perfect. Well said. Um, I would probably still be going on about it right now. Um, so yeah, no, it was a good um, nutshell sort of view. Um, I think the one thing, the one thing I was gonna say is that first of all, everyone likes to throw out, you know, this like, oh, all these people are day traders, this and that. I think the reason why you know, that verbiage is being thrown out there is because day trading is kind of seen as like, it's kind of a bad word yeah. to a lot of people. 
Um, a lot of people don't like it. They see you as like also... a gambler or a degenerate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And there's also the fantasy the, sports call... of, uh, <laughs> of business. <laughs> in a way, in a way. I mean, but the thing is, there's also small account restrictions in yep. place for day trading. So you can only, if you have an account under $25,000, you can only um, have four what they call round trips, which is when you buy and sell the same security in the same day. So you can only have four round trips within a five day period. So basically, you know, if I started Monday, I could make one trade Monday, one trade Tuesday, one Wednesday, one Thursday. If I did that and had under $25,000 in my account, I'd be banned from day trading for 90 days. So this is just another way another vehicle that is used to you know try to keep us poor um and you know i'm i'm all about capitalism i'm all about making money but the whole deal with this is that these hedge funds got exposed and yeah I, they don't I like think it it's you know? uh, also and, important to say you know there, there's only specific mar- uh, market hours for the average investor like you and i and we can't trade over the weekend which yeah. severely restricts us mm-hmm yeah, and there's the after-hour regulations too, which usually the only activity that goes on after hours is institutional trading, hmm. and they do what's called um, sell walls or you know selling ladders, and they basically sell back and forth to each other when the rest of the market is locked out at lower than normal market rates to drive the price down. So really, we saw a lot of that happening. Um, in the after yeah. hours trading this week, because basically what they're trying to do is just drive the price down, price of the stock down as much as possible to eliminate which their is, pain. Which is active market manipulation, and there are laws yeah. that protect against this yeah. kind of activity going on, this kind of collusion. So, well, the, and the crazy thing is that the market has been like right. that's nothing new, like. Every and the thing with this Reddit movement is like, so I've actually been in this group for almost a year. And when I first joined it, it was like all it was was people just posting massive losses or massive gains. It wasn't this like coordinated, you know, let's get together and buy stocks. But I think they eventually figured out, you know, if we work together we can bust these hedge funds so we can get into that we can get into that a little bit later but the the thing that i think people realized is that there were a lot of people a lot of retail investors that were losing money due to market manipulation and this is something that has gone on for decades like every single investor that has ever bought a stock has probably been burned by a hedge fund yeah at one point or another. And there's nobody to bail so, us out. Finally. Right. Yeah. And we don't get a bailout. Like, you know, we were saying. We like, don't get federal my bailouts. <laughs> <laughs> if, we, if we make any money, they want to take, you know, they want to capital gains tax it, take 30, 40, 50%. And if we lose money, yep. what do we get? Nothing. You know? So it's totally, it's totally one-sided. Um, the system is totally jacked like unfortunately there's no way around the capital gains thing but that's another way that 
it kind of holds day traders down because it's very difficult to make a living when it's hard enough to win at stocks regardless. And when you have to pay, you know, 50% of what you're making, what you're profiting, then that's just going to hold you back too. And another thing that really, uh, really like holds people down that are trying to day trade is these, uh, these hedge funds and these, these billionaire companies, they actually are able to trade faster than the day trader. Uh, they, their software trades within a manner of nanoseconds so they can get a train in before you and I. And not only that, they have, they have different regulations that grants them greater flexibility to make money and they do day trade that that's, they make their money that way as well. It's just on a much more massive scale and it isn't frowned upon because people obviously put their, uh, their, their retirement accounts into it. And so it's looked at as responsible when somebody else does it for you and builds your wealth, you know, for later in life. But if, you try to do it yourself as an individual, you're, you're demonized, you're a degenerate gambler, and now you're, you're getting totally screwed by billionaire hedge funds be, because they don't like losing. It, it, it sounds, right. it sounds well, to me you know, that they, they're trying to stick, keep, you know, they want to be the middleman. And if you get rid of that middleman, then you're a degenerate. That's kind of what I'm hearing from all this, that, you know, these hedge funds and, you know, basic, you know, the, the stockbrokers, they, they just want to remain the middleman and they want to take the power from the people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would say that ultimately what they want is just, you know, their rules, their way or the highway. And if there's any sort of threat to the way they do things, then yeah. this is what happens. And I don't know how much of this is true. I don't want to, you know, back these, back any criminal activity that Robinhood or brokerages are doing. But what I heard in the case of Robinhood was they had to halt trading because there was, um, they basically didn't have enough financial backing to, you know, support all the trading that was going on. And they had to tap into their credit lines and take and the best part about that is they, out, the, which... the CEO Vlad of, of Robinhood he went on live television when this first happened and he he lied point blank when he was asked do you have a liquidity problem do you guys not have the capital to pay out when people cash in he said no there's no liquidity problem that very day and the next day he raised over a billion dollars so it's like it's like what yeah it's insane. And and it's funny, you know, people, people like that, the CEOs, they, they get away with it because the average American, and maybe I'm even guilty of this myself, we're not paying attention to the actual important things that's going on. We're more, you know, we're hooked on Angelina Jolie and who she's still dating Brad Pitt, you know? It's so right. funny how we're just, you know, not holding these people accountable. Now, Eric, I want to ask you, you know, what kind of jail time or fines, if anything at all, any type of restitution would you expect for any of the board of director or any of these people from Robin Hood, you know, for these, you know, sudden, you know, these illegal seeming uh, mandates and regulations that they, that they uh, well, well, you know, down. unfortunately, give, given the history of the different things that happened in the, in the market, you know, especially like 2008, even before that, it, I think it's very rare that there's any serious prosecution for white collar crime like this other than a slap on the wrist. Sure. Um, I, yeah. This is what I think happened. I think 
behind closed doors when this started happening, Robinhood and all these other <laughs> online brokerages that, you know, they had a roundtable talk with these hedge funds and they were like, all right, this is what's happening. What do we do? And I think ultimately they made the decision that it would be cheaper to pay out these lawsuits, to pay fines to the federal government than it would to just bite the bullet and lose. So I think I think they made, sure. you know, obviously we don't have all the facts, but just objectively looking at it, it seems like they made the decision in bad faith to halt trading so that they and their friends didn't get boned and they're willing to pay out any lawsuit <laughs> that happens after the fact or any fine because historically they're relatively small compared to the harm that they did. So there's no, I just, I, I don't know if there's going to be any teeth to make this not happening and to deter it. Um, I guess we're, we're just going to have to see, but uh, I personally, I, I hope that the CEO of Robinhood, I hope he goes to prison. I really do. I hope he, I hope the company goes, goes under. I hope they have to get bought out and he should go to prison. He ruined people's lives the other day. Y- you know? Yeah. Th- lots of people. Like on yeah, a mass and, and in a scale. Like this, this is a situation after the 2000 housing market, they're supposed to look for what are known as Sigma values, like the best and the worst case scenarios. And they're supposed to prepare for them. And this is, this is something that they should have had planned to prepare for. And they didn't, they, they didn't have, it seems like they didn't have the money to handle this. And that's, that's negligent at best and criminal at worst. But regardless, it's complete fraud because they, they market themselves as being, you know, that this app for anybody who can trade for free, you can, you can be on the same level as these hedge funds, but then they do the exact opposite. And that's fraud. Their, their, their marketing yeah. is complete fraud. It, it's crazy to me. You know, I, you know, I think Ben Shapiro was saying, you know, it's named Robin Hood. But he, instead of, you know, stealing from the rich, giving to the poor, he's just become the sheriff yeah. of Nottingham. Like, right. There, there, there's no well, justice. The name is, at this point is ironic. You know, and, it's just, it's, it's yeah. awful. And things, um, the thing about Robin Hood, too, is that there have been people in the past who I've heard talk about the platform and even before all this happened, they were talking about the irony because basically, you know, in a nutshell, what Robin Hood does or what hedge funds do is they farm out their like, and I could be misrepresenting this in a, you know, a little bit, but um, I heard someone talk about it once. Basically, Robin Hood buys orders from other hedge funds and you usually get you know, the worst prices um, if you're buying through Robinhood. Um, you usually get, you know, bad fill rates. And like Eric said, you're going to get your order filled way later than the institution. Yeah, to give do. you an example of so, that right now, if you go on a Robinhood before, and you look at your portfolio, it says GME is currently 312 and one cent. But if you go and you look at the ticker anywhere else, it's 325 flat. So while that's mm. cheaper right now, it's yeah. indicative that they that they aren't the, the prices they're they're showing aren't reflective of the market. Mm. So you know you mentioned ticker. What what other apps are there besides Robinhood? Obviously, Robinhood's getting a bunch of you know free press right now. But uh, what are some other good apps that you guys use that you guys would say is preferable to Robinhood? Well, Eric, I mean, do you want I to take this? Or do you want this? To... We've been looking for something different the last uh, few days that isn't too complicated. I mean, there's there's a few out there, but it, it's hard right now because everybody's in cahoots, and so many of these brokers they did the same thing. Maybe not to the same degree, and they're not getting the same heat. But it's like it's if 
makes people not have any confidence in either a brokerage or the market because it's like, okay, so I'm going to take my hard-earned money. I'm going to do my research, assess the risk, and make an investment. But then all of a sudden, you're going to say, I can't invest my money, and you're going to block me from buying more, and you're going to cause the price to go down so I lose my money? Like, they're, they're, like I think a lot of people are going to back away from these services because there's no incentive. It's, it's a lose-lose game now from what they did the other day, and especially if there's no punishment for it. Yeah. Yeah, the, the name is completely tarnished now, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think, honestly, I think Robin Hood is going to yeah. just vanish into thin air. I think that they did too much damage, and they, you know, they, a few months ago, paid a $65 million yeah. fine to the SEC, again, which is probably nothing for them, but that was the first sort of incident and now with this thing going on i mean they're alienating their customer base entirely and this is a company that has borrowed billions of dollars and had probably i think billions and dollars of dollars in vc uh pour into them and they're planning to go public later this year at this rate i think honestly the only reason a lot of people still have Robinhood is because that's, that's why I'm in. They're holding their shares, and <laughs> there's and then there's this Dogecoin, which is a whole different thing. Robinhood is the only place you can buy that. So there is this big Dogecoin, which is you know this whole other thing that happened in this past crazy week where it, it blew up it like a thousand percent. Because uh, in my head, this whole time I've been saying Dogecoin. I don't so know. I, what I, is, I don't know, man. Is it Pam or Pan? <laughs> Well, it's like the I don't know how do you how do I mean, you say that Shiva Inu means? Okay, I heard yeah I've heard Doja, Doge I've heard Doge I call it Doge <laughs> Doge bag because like, I thought <laughs> your Doge hey, bag it uh, it all works you know so I don't know I mean yeah whatever works for you it's twenty twenty one you know you decide what your reality is. <laughs> Yeah, that, that you know. Speaking of reality, you know, we gotta be, we gotta face the facts that this is probably gonna affect, you know, not just or you know our local economy, but you know the worldwide economy. Imagine something at this magnitude. How do you guys American, predict? We're, we're Americans. We don't this care affecting about that. the. <laughs> we just care about America. Yeah. Well, we we are the world. We are the world. <laughs> So, 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 but, but Christian, how, how do you, as far as your predictions with the economy, yeah. with everything that's going on, obviously we just finished an election, you know, we just had, we just have a new president um, mm-hmm. with the Pfizer vaccines coming out. How do you think, how do you think the economy is going to react to all this? It seems like, like, like I said early, it feels like a gypsy circus <laughs> on meth. Like everything that's going on, like, you know, with the Probably capital the getting raided and everything, it. like, it's just insane. Like, how, how is the economy going to react with this as a cherry on top? Okay, so I've been getting flooded with all sorts of information everyone i know is talking about this everyone i know is sharing posts and tweets and all this so i got one from a friend a few hours ago i had my own prediction sort of planned for what i was going to say but i got this and 
it's just pretty crazy. I, I don't know again how true it is. I haven't had time to really let it digest, but I'm just gonna go for it. I'm gonna rattle it off here, and you know, because I want people to hear this. I I want people to hear this and be able to kind of come to a conclusion for themselves. But um, anyways, here goes. So for eleven dollar, for every eleven dollars, the price of GameStop shares go up. The banks lose about a billion dollars. 2008's housing market collapse only cost the banks around $50 billion. A $1,000 game in Funko Land, I don't know what that is, is worse for the banks than the 2008 housing market crash. This is going to crash the entire financial system. And it's not limited to GameStop or AMC or BlackBerry. This has exposed a serious vulnerability in a system that is already propped up that is already propped up by massive amounts of debt. These funds make up a significant amount of trading volume on the NYSE, and the average hedge fund has thirty to forty dollars in debt for every one dollar of actual money on their books. It has now become apparent that the sustenance of the entire system is dependent upon fund managers and bankers trading on inside info at the expense of retail investors who hold positions opposite to theirs. Um, it goes on for a little bit more, but basically it says um, retailers have retail investors have figured out how to break their game and they can't service that debt. Now the hedge funds, if the government intercedes, they can only do so uncondition unconstitutionally and screw tens of thousands of regular people out of money. They made fairly. If they don't, I don't know if you realize this, but we're looking at a system wide collapse that can't be stopped. Hedge funds have a total of $3.25 trillion under management, and nearly every dollar of that is intertwined and levered up to the extent above. The value of the U.S. dollar will be at risk. There's no amount of stimulus the government can pour in to help service that debt without triggering hyperinflation. Well, when you, when you put it like that, you make me feel like an asshole. So, <laughs> so we can't just throw money at it? We can't just you know, more money? That, that, that might be the case. Well, we can. Personally, you know, I, mean, I don't know can. what's going to happen, but... I, at the end of the day, I still don't think that the average person, these people on uh, uh, Reddit, I, I don't think they're in the wrong. I, I really think it's the hedge funds for negligently handling right. their funds, for shorting a company at 140%, and for making it public, and just generally like pulling these D-bag moves over the years, causing people to get pissed off. Like, what do they expect? Like, eventually, of course, yeah. something's going to happen. And you know what? It's, it's on them, yeah. ultimately. It's on them. And I don't really know a way out unless they unless government just steps in and says these shares are worth nothing you know um, that would be the ultimate bailout for the hedge funds and that would be the ultimate yeah fuck you to retail investors that yeah. fueled this thing um it wouldn't surprise me yeah if something like that was done, the other option that I think there is, is for widespread bailouts of the hedge funds, which I think in all reality would just further mm -hmm. push this short squeeze and drive the stocks even up, up even more. If they have, you know, billions of dollars poured in to, get out of their short positions so i really only kind of foresee those two things yeah. happening it's either they get completely bailed out and the stock price goes up more which i don't 
know if it's going to happen. I feel like there's going to be some sort of just complete yeah. illegal fuckery. I, I, I'm having deja vu. Um, you know, you know, retail I, I've gets heard that, uh, the SEC is considering again, putting like a thirty day uh, a thirty day hold on all these meme stocks. And you know, even if they did that, like if, if anything that what you said happened would be catastrophic. But even if they did, took action, like relatively, uh, relatively um, gentle, like in that respect, uh, the, the climate right now, especially mm-hmm. after the election and how bad everything was last year, you know, there's going to be a bloodbath. You know, people are still wound up. We're still in the pandemic. People don't have money. People put all their money into this, and they're getting screwed. And I think it would it would take very very little. To just ignite something that they can't stop, and I and I don't think it's wise. And I think that's part of the reason why the White House hasn't stepped in and done anything. You know, it's just yeah. you can't you can't fuel the fire with gasoline. And I feel like almost anything that's done now at this point is pretty much that. I feel like they're gonna fuel it with napalm at this point. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, it, it, I'm having such bad deja vu. Isn't it? Didn't, it, didn't we go through this with the housing collapse in 2008? You know, government bailed them out. We just blamed it on poor people and immigrants. And, you know, the greedy bankers just kind of got away with everything yeah. and just got a, you know, government check, printed out more money. Yeah. Like, it seems like yep. history's just yep. going to repeat itself again. Yeah. It is, it is kind of, I don't know. It's just funny how things play out. You know, we got into this pandemic and the government shut everything down and people want aid and people are not getting aid and yeah we took matters into our own hands and now people want to <laughs> shut it down you know and the thing is there was no there was no one stopping or um preventing or really helping small bus- small businesses besides whatever assistance they poured out at first but amazon was getting richer i mean jeff bezos and, got and they, they pulled out shorts richer the, through this and, crash, and again right? i'm not a, i heard that all these hedge funds pulled out shorts betting that the economy was yeah. going to crash and they they literally banked off of everybody suffering and people's businesses collapsing so, so yeah, i feel, I feel no, no regulation right and you know they're they're hardcore libertarians at that yeah, point you know oh we don't want government regulation exactly as soon as they get screwed over yeah, I'll yeah. Think it's government regulation. Yeah, it, it, it blows like. my mind. It's like out of any sector, the market typically is very anti-regulation because they want to make more money. And now all of a sudden, yeah. the average person is making money. They're like, "Oh no, we need regulation. Stop!" It's it's insane, man. It's insane. <laughs> the hypocrisy, you know, it, it's just insane to me. <laughs> a point that I want to touch on is, I found all this so millennial. Yeah, the irony, the you know, the the ironic humor, the fact that you know, even stocks like Blockbuster, I didn't even know Blockbuster was still around, but apparently there's one more store. Like, the you know, this whole the social media, how we're rounding up the troops. I, I think it's just hilarious. Yeah, yeah and this is, it's definitely a sign of the times kind of thing, like. No other time in history yeah, the internet level like the this have been possible. Yeah, yeah, uh, 100%. And, yep, and every and... now we even see at, at a financial level, they say art reflects life. Now you could even say stock reflects life. <laughs> you know, th- like this is something like I, I just love how punk rock all of this has been. Do you guys foresee a possible happy ending with everything that's going on? 
Like, uh, obviously, we've talked about, you know, possible negative endings. How how would be a positive ending? Like, if everything were to be in a perfect world, how would you see this ending? Uh, I think in a perfect world, these hedge funds and these, these brokers, they would admit they were wrong. They'd bite the bullet, suck it up, take their loss, and uh, they'd let the market do its thing. And, you know, and I think, they haven't done I think that? If they did that. The, the likelihood of this happening again out of spite is very, very low. I think this, in that case, it would be a once, once in a lifetime kind of deal. But, you know, if, if there's any nefarious action or any shady dealings, uh, this, this is just going to keep happening. Like, it, it is. Like, there's just going to constantly be a giant fuck you to the man, and people are just going to do this over and over and over, causing bubble and bubble and bubble. And it, it's going to really harm our market. And ultimately, I think it falls on them. So, in a perfect world, yeah. they admit they're wrong and it plays out and people get paid. Yeah. Um, as, as far as this, you know, how fast everything like, uh, rose, like, you know, things that rise fast, from my understanding, typically have a, have a uh, you know, excelled uh, drop rate as well. Is there a, a way to where this, the stocks, that these stocks like AMC, you know, obviously GameStop we're talking about, is there a way that they level out and, but not a huge spike? Is that possible without regulation? So there's going to be, there's eventually going to be a reckoning day for yeah. these stocks that are mm-hmm. clearly overvalued. Um, but I think the the big thing at play here is that these hedge funds still have a lot a lot of short positions yeah. and also put options on the stocks and the put options are what's really going to drive up so i'm not even going to get into it but for anyone interested yep. you can look up gamma squeeze and gamma Judas. squeeze is something that is forced by <laughs> It's forced by volatility and a massive amount of put options being um, basically have to be settled up, which is for every. So the basics of option trading is that you buy these contracts, you either buy a a call option that the price is going to go up or a put option that the price is going to go down. They expire at a certain date. If they expire and you're not in the money, then basically you have to buy if you're a seller of the the puts, you have to buy a hundred shares. So, essentially, there was uh, I don't know the exact numbers. Eric, you sent them to me the other day, but I believe something around eight million Game Shops GameStop shares have to be purchased within the next two days. Um, that expired the last Friday, and for AMC, there is roughly okay. 28 million shares i believe so there's going to be huge buying activity that goes on early this well, yeah tomorrow and tuesday most likely so in theory the gains haven't even yeah. really scratched yeah. Yeah. this yet i mean it could be unless, unless, of course there's some dirty trick that you know these these guys get up to and i'm sure they're they've been thinking about stuff yep. all weekend how they're going to come out tomorrow you know christian uh, in about 12 hours but yeah it'll be 
it'll be interesting to see. That's all I'm going to say. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not hopeful that I, I'm, my hopes are high, but my expectations are low. You know, it's one of those kind of things where I either make a crap Dang. ton of money or so, end up losing so, it. You know, that's, that's the risk I took. So, so where exactly are you putting your yeah, money? Like, you t- tell us where your hopes and expectations are. Where, where are you putting your money right now? Well, first of all, let me start. Before we say anything, like, this is not financial advice. We just like these stunks. Yeah, we, we are we're, right. you're at the Holy Duck. Absolutely. We are not responsible for any of your losses. I feel like we have to say that. Well, we're just Legally, generous. Don't yeah, listen yeah. to us. <laughs> Thank you, Eric. Or any, or any losses any losses dealt to hedge funds are not our responsibility. Just a bunch of bros talking stocks. <laughs> just, yeah. bunch, just bros talking stocks. We're grown-ups now. Jesus. As long as you call them... <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's as long as you call them term, stonks, you, know? you have to, to be professional. Once you call them... <laughs> yup. Yup. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, anyway, sorry. So, the question was... Where am I yeah, putting yeah. my like, money? L- let's say I, I only have six hundred dollars. Where would you? Where if I were to get have yeah. six dollars today, a check from the national treasury, where would you, where, where would you suggest I put that? That's a good one, and I, at this point, it. I feel I like it, it, it depends. It's okay how much you to, want to, gamble. to you know to withhold and, and not personally for me. My my, my bet is on a, on AMC right now. I, it's like the second most popular. I, I think it hasn't popped yet. And I think after the the aftermath of GME or leading up to whatever happens with it, I think AMC is going to pop. Um, I got forty shares in that right now. Um, mm-hmm. All the other ones like Nokia, BlackBerry, uh, Bed Bath and Beyond. I, I think those are all kind of distractions. I don't think they're going to take off the same. Yeah, I could be wrong. There's I don't a... know. Maybe. I hope I'm wrong. But um, what I'm going to do is, you know, any profit I make from this. Uh, one thing that we didn't mention is these hedge funds to cover their losses, they're having to sell their long positions. So, like, think of like really good stocks like Tesla, Apple, uh, Facebook, um, Amazon. So, as a result, the prices of those stocks are going to are going to dip this week. Essentially, they're going to be on sale. So any profits I, I get, oh. I, I take into these long position stocks, yeah. half of what I do. Mm-hmm. The other half is the federal government. Uh, Chuck Schumer just announced that they're going to make cannabis legalization a priority. And th- th- that's a huge Ooh. market. That is, that is retarded money. And I, that's where I'm going to put everything else. I, I've got half the long, um, long position stocks that are going to go down on sale. The other half, uh, the other half in cannabis. Yes, yes. I, I wanted to touch base on that. Like, now this is no, also, also I'm sorry, another sorry if I offended this. anybody by using the, the R word. <laughs> We're not very politically correct here. Just, I'm just so passionate. Duck. We love everybody, but we're not politically correct. But we're all about love, you know, here at the Holy Duck, you know? But, uh, so, you know, I love that you, you brought up cannabis. Here's another variable to add to this wild, you know, this wild economy you know, that's already happening. What, as far as when do you think that we could, we could actually finally see a federal legalization of cannabis, not just CBD, not just medical, but as far as just free range Colorado smoking weed, or I guess California. This year, know, next year, case. the latest. 
Yeah, completely. Really? I mean, before this administration even came in, they tried to uh, pass it uh, federally, and it passed, uh, I believe, in the House and died in the Senate. Um, now, obviously, you know, uh, the House, Senate, and Presidency, they're, they're blue, and they're sympathetic to cannabis. And I, I, I seriously think it's going to happen, if not within, like, the next month or two. It's, it's going to happen. It's a thing. They're going to tax the hell out of it. It's going to be huge for revenue. It'll help pull us out of this uh, horseshit with this virus and what happened with the economy. Um, I, I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm curious, you know, from a personal perspective, you know, as far as, you know, I work for, you know, a private company and uh, we get tested for, you know, insurance purposes. If it were to become federally legal, do private company, you know, they don't test for alcohol, but, uh, you know, would they still be required to test for cannabis? Do well, you know you that know, by any it, chance? It depends, job, job. I can't really tell you what the federal government's going to do. Um, I, I know, for instance, if you're, you're in the military, which... Uh, is regulated by the federal government. You you obviously can't drink or do drugs, and you can't drink on the job. Um, cannabis is typically treated like alcohol, and I think as far as uh, different employers go, um, if it's a private employer, they're gonna you know they're gonna have the choice whether or not they want their employees to do it. Um, I, at least in my opinion, they they likely will be able to. Um, and I think it's just gonna be treated just like alcohol, uh, and it'll it'll depend uh, yeah. employer to employer. You know, if you if you if you get a job and they I, say you have to drug test, it's a private company and you sign a contract for your employment and it's in there, then, you know, you're going to have to drug test. But if you get an employer who's sympathetic to cannabis and they don't require it and they don't care, then you're going to be fine. It just I think it depends. And we're since we're not there yet, it's, it's kind of hard to uh, hard to predict. But I, I do think it's going to be very similar, if not the same as alcohol, kind of like how it is in California. I think. Yeah. And, you know, I think what would really help as far as if, you know, they really get better at the testing. And they could test to see if you're currently on it, like alcohol. You know what I mean? Because the test that I'm familiar with, it just lets it lets you know if you smoked within the last yeah. 30 days. It doesn't tell you, you know, if you're smoking on the job, you know, which I feel like would be more frowned upon, or just randomly on a yeah, Saturday night. I believe night, that know, they're, you know, I believe they're actually producing, or they're trying to produce a test that the police can use when they pull you over for DUI. It's like a saliva swab. They can tell like the amount and when. Um, I, I don't know how far that's gone, but I remember hearing that um, about a year, year and a half ago. And I, I'm sure that they're going to continue in that direction and try to develop some kind of technology that works like a breathalyzer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it, with with this happening, and it's going to happen, it, they're going to come up with something relatively soon. There's just there's too much money in this market, in every aspect of it, and everything it touches, uh, things are going to change. And it's so it's it's so needed. But what about what about the I have a question. What about the medical aspect? Because what I think is probably going to happen, like everything else, is, you know, it, it gets legalized on a wide scale and private employers still have their rules or, oh, it's a safety thing or, oh, it's, you know, um, we're protecting the clients and the customers. But similar to how anyone can, mm-hmm. you know, get an emotional service animal certification yeah. to bypass rent rules, like, don't you feel like the medical side of the whole cannabis use thing could be a little tricky with, oh, we're a private company, you know, we need our um, employees to be uh-huh. uh, clear of any influence, but, you know, employee is, oh, well, I need it for medical purposes, well, so you're discriminating I, I that, against uh, me. I that, yeah, I, yeah, I do think that's going to happen. There are state and federal protections for people that have uh, disabilities or that have, you know, things wrong with them. And I think those are going to come into play. And uh, yeah, I, I, I do think 
that's a good point to bring up. I think people are going to be able to circumvent it with the medical thing. Um, I know in California, it, it's treated different. Yeah. There's like the legalization regulation for like uh, consumer use. And then there's also still like the medical and you get like a discount and all that. So uh, I'm sure there's going to be differentiations, but uh, we're just going to have to wait and see, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, uh, you know, there's so much, you know, it's, it's such a loaded question. Um, but where, you know, Hold on. Oh. Yeah, hold on. Oh, oh. Need a second oh. for this one? No. It, 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 <laughs> this one's going to be good. It, it wasn't a loaded question. I, I had something in my mouth. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you always have something one. in your mouth, Matt? All, all, always something in my mouth. So... You know, with, you know, this opens the door. This opens really a Pandora's box as far as we legalize weed. What, you know, we can become like Oregon, for God's sake. They're old old drugs are decriminalized now. What do you say to people that feel like we may go down that, you know, specific rabbit hole? Um, I think that's a bullshit argument. I think that's an argument that stems from the early days of cannabis prohibition, especially the early (laughs) 20s with the uh, the reefer madness horse shit. Um, I, I do not think that it, we're gonna, you're going to see a lot of people who go to harder drugs. Um, in fact, I think you're going to see crime go down. I think you're going to see uh, a lot of societal good, and they're going to tax the hell out of it. Um, so there's going to be revenue in that. All these people who are in prison for nonviolent cannabis offenses, they're going to be released, so we're not going to have to pay for them to be in jail anymore. Um, those people are going to be able to get jobs because they're not going to have a record. And our economy is going to flow even better and more productively. Um, and not only that, when you think about like somebody who uses weed as opposed to somebody who goes out to a bar drinking, like especially us, like growing up, you go out to a bar and like you drink and you see people getting fights, so stupid shit happens. Girls cry. Uh, we never happens. saw any of this. Oh, I know. Yeah, I mean, not not us. Not, not us. us, mom, dad. <laughs> we never all. saw any of this. Nothing was like never that. any fights. No, no. Never any crazy people. You we're, know. we're perfect gentlemen, you know. Exactly. Exactly. No, <laughs> nobody hit a tree. You know, nobody. It was just always, always elite gentlemen. Yeah, and you know, yeah, but to go to go back to the point, it's uh the opposite is, is when when people typically use cannabis. All they want to do is they just want to sit around, you know, eat munchies, watch TV, and hang out. There's there's no violent crime associated with it. Like, yeah, there's people who who uh, use it and then they drive, but th- that's already treated like a DUI in California. So, yeah, I, I just I don't know. I mean, another argument is that like maybe edibles might well, there's uh, also kids, but it's it's the same thing as alcohol. There's flavored alcohol, different types of alcohol. There's Jello shots. <laughs> I, I hear all these arguments against it or like that it can lead down dark paths, like yada, yada, yada. And I just don't see the support for it. And I ultimately think uh, the good of legalizing it outweighs any potential bad, quite frankly, in my opinion. Yeah. And I, I feel like we've made huge strides in the last 15 years. You know, I don't even have to pull out data, but just to see the culture shift. You know, I remember when they had a hard time legalizing it in California medically and now it's, you know, super laissez-faire, you know, everyone's, everyone's smoking weed now. There's how many states have uh, legal uh, pot smoking? God, after this year, it's, it's quite a few. It's, it's, and it's growing every year because states are really looking at this and they're like, you know, we're going to end up saving money and we're going to tax the hell out of it. And we're going to, we're going to raise a lot of a revenue with it. So I think people are waking up and uh, they're realizing that, that this is something that should be allowed for adults to do. Like, 
and it should be taxed and it, it'll be great. You know, we'll be able to fix our roads. We'll be able to fund programs we wouldn't otherwise be able to. And I just think everybody's going to benefit in a positive way. You know, you, you know who's not going to benefit, though? And the reason why, you know, Texas, you know, we're all about liberty and freedom here, but weed's not legal. You know why that is? Huh. Because these large families, prison is a huge, you know, juggernaut yeah. of business Private here. Prison. You know? Yeah. And a lot of the inmates, they're just potheads or people that sold a plant. Well, you got to get that free labor, man, you know? Yeah. And not only are there prisons, but there's also, you know, exact, there's day labor places where they send these potheads, these rehabs, quote unquote, that are just send people to these boot camps and they basically work. They work completely for free. You know what blows my fucking mind about that? is those people are in prison and there's people in prison for life for weed for relatively small amounts and th- they're in prison because they decided to use a plant as an adult but then you have these billion dollar hedge funds fucking ruining people's lives and they're going to get a slap on the wrist or get bailed out yeah that's our society in a nutshell right it's insane makes no yeah, sense that, that, 100% you know at least we have kim kardashian getting <laughs> these people out thank god Actually, you know, I used to make fun of her. I, I never really watched her show. I, I honestly didn't know too much about her. But this thing that she's doing is actually pretty cool. Can you? Uh, are you more? Are you familiar with what Kim Kardashian is doing as far as her innocent movement, getting innocent people out of prison? Truthfully, I don't know anything about celebrities. Um, I just don't. I just don't care and don't follow. Them. What about you, Cap? Christian, Captain Dead again? I think he's dead again. <sighs> Jesus. No, I, I, I don't follow her at all or any of that celebrity bullcrap yeah. as well. But I, I just felt like that, well, what she's doing as far as she's she is gotten into some paralegal or some legal, you know, course where she's helped getting, you know, people that were wrongly convicted. Yeah. And she's freeing them. I know she freed a couple people that, you know, had like 20, 30 years for you know, marijuana possessions or just, you know, just like she's gotten people that were wrongly convicted of murder and stuff like that's kind of her platform that she's on. And I heard that, you know, she, uh, somebody was on Joe Rogan and they talked about it. That's the only reason why I'm actually even familiar with it. But I just didn't know if you were familiar with it, with your legal background. You know, I, I've only barely heard about it and I don't really pay attention because, like I said, I don't really care about celebrities, like especially super hyped up celebrities but um whatever, yeah. whatever she's doing you know help people like that good for her i think that's great it'll be bring a lot of publicity to people who are wrongly convicted people who like really need legal help who, who aren't able to find it you're getting screwed by the system um and at the end of the day you know i'd, I'd rather be remembered for that than be naked and sucking d on camera so good for her <laughs> who is this I what? In, in a perfect world can't she be remembered for both oh you know you know per- perfect world you know one could only hope <laughs> Who is this? I just got disconnected. I got disconnected. Oh, hey, hey. Welcome, welcome to the thank Holy you, Duck. Thank you. So you want to talk about the stock market? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We talk stacks, boys, and stacks. Tax and stacks. We're gonna tax yeah. some stacks. Fill me in. Who was uh, who was having sex on camera? Uh, Kim Kardashian. Oh yeah, I feel like you came in just at the perfect oh, time. Oh, my favorite person. I'm gonna disconnect again. See you guys. <laughs> That's I mean, you yeah, to... you know. Wait, aren't you? Per- uh, aren't you guys both Persian? Oh God! <laughs> no, I, I think there, there's some others. 
uh, Armenian, I think. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. We're we're from the same region. You can't call you can't the... call either an Arab, correct? No, we're from the Caucasus region. We're technically Caucasian. Okay, okay. But somehow, <laughs> so Caucasians got turned into being um, yeah. synonymous with white, but Caucasian was actually, you know, the Iranians, the Armenians, the the Georgians. You know, people from that part of the world. Yeah, you know, also, it's you know, funny you mentioned that Aryan is the same way. The term Aryan is actually, like, stems from, like, Iranian. So, like, so I know that right. it's not fair, fair-haired, fair blue-eyed people like Eric and I. Yeah. yeah. It is actually, you know, it's originally, it's, you know, more, you know, Middle Eastern people. Like you. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting how it's like developed you. into. Like you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Not beautiful, yeah. golden oh, haired, no. golden locked, blue <laughs> thank eyes, you, thank you. blue eyes like Eric and I. <laughs> I'm flattered. I wasn't prepared for a bunch of compliments, and I don't know what to say. <laughs> Besides, thank you. I appreciate you know, it. You know, we like the fluff here at the Holy Ghost. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, we're, you got to fluff. We're big fluffers. Fluffing is, is essential. It's an important job. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically my job is just to fluff people and have them talk. You were you were. Do you guys think Kim, yeah. do you think that uh, Kim Kardashian had a fluffer on um, the set of that homemade video? Do you think it was all a setup? I feel like there must have been a fluffer. I feel like he came in pretty loaded. I mean, I personally know? haven't seen it, so if you could give me a, a you know a play by play or a summary or just a summary is fine. I think he 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 came in pretty loaded. You know, as far as you know, he didn't come in. You know, I feel like you're either coming at like a at, from a percent zero to a hundred percent, which is basically you know coming. He, you know, he came in at a good like 80, 85. So I feel like obviously 83.211. Yep, yep. Uh, we, we got the ruler we actually measured. So yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, I feel like we summed up everything that's been going on. Yep. I, I feel much more informed. I believe everyone listening to the Holy Duck, all 10 people are going to be even more informed <laughs> as well. So I, I just love talking with you guys. Any chance I can to catch up with my bros, I can. I we need to make a trip and I'll hang out. Soon. Yeah, I agree, man. You gonna you gonna All bring right, me I'll... my jacket that you stole? Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> I feel like that jacket was taken so that you will come visit. Oh, oh. Have I ever seen you out of the state of California? Oh, no, never mind. We did do a trip to Washington. Yeah, we did do that whole thing. Yeah. Do you remember when that girl with dreadlocks read Daniel's aura? They hated each other, dude. She said that she had a bad aura. <laughs> they like hated each other. Yeah, it was okay. You know, for the Holy Duck listeners, we had our buddy Daniel. We went up on this trip, and Daniel was Mr. Aura at the time. He loved reading chakras and. <laughs> Then he meets his nemesis, another chakra reader or a reader, and then she immediately points out Daniel's bad energy and chakras, and they just had this whole aura battle for about, you know, five days. It was it was a it was a hippie. It battle. was very entertaining. It was, it was wizardry. Very entertaining. <laughs> well, what school was that again? Uh, it was in Olympia, Washington. Evergreen. Evergreen. It's the one that got like taken over by the students for some for some reason a couple of years ago or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah, wasn't that like the um, 
the white privilege professor. I, I have no idea, dude. I just I think I think this, I think they literally ran him out. I think the students uh, they I don't remember what was going on at the time, um, but I know the students uh, got all the professors and the uh, the vice dean, and they like locked them into a room and wouldn't let them make phone calls, wouldn't make them leave, and uh, yeah, that looked a little little crazy over there. I think it's kind of chilled out now, but looked like wild times. They had a really good ultimate frisbee team. I remember that. <laughs> I remember like they had a renowned ultimate frisbee team. Like it was ultimate pothead school. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, t- it, Matt Growing went there, the creator of The Simpsons and Futurama. Makes sense. So, yeah, you know, I th- that guy, he's, I'm pretty sure he predicted everything <clears throat> that happened in the last couple of weeks. He predicted that GameStop, you know, would, would rise and these hedge funds would start, you know, I'm pretty sure that was a simple Pro- You know, probably was. I've gotten so much right at this point, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, guys. Well, here I just pulled it up. If you guys want to, um, if you want to talk about it, yeah, the Evergreen College thing. Yes, yes, please do. All right. So he said, uh, well, "Hold on." I don't know. I actually may need to do a little bit more digging. I think that's what he said, but. Um, I'm not sure there's a huge difference between a group or a coalition. Uh, no, hold on. Give me another wow. second. Shoot the shit for wow. uh, <laughs> shoot the yeah. shit for another minute or two. When so, I burnt my um, mouth for fucking bridge, what, bridge, what two have you minutes. Been up? What was that? Bridge, what have you been dude, up to dude, lately? Well, you know, for all the Holy Duck listeners, I am now a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Good for you, man. Nice. Yeah, I'm just I'm just destroying awesome. these kids in this class, you know. You know, most of the kids weigh under 120 pounds, and I'm just, you know, freaking destroying them, dude. You no, know, I, I no. don't like to do that. The whole class If you identify as female and a child, you could go to the kids' class and really kick some ass. That that's what I've been doing. I, I identify as as a man child. Good for you, man. Uh, or a, a woman child, actually. Nice. Um, nice. AKA You're just a girl. Storming up the nice. <laughs> How um. How long have you been doing it Jeez, for? Well, you know, I started in uh, 2020, and obviously it's been a very, you know, boring year, so uh, I, there's been no uh, road yeah. bumps or anything. Uh, but I've been doing it for a year, but there was definitely some time where I had to take off. There was this weird, I guess, bat flu, coronavirus. I don't know if you guys heard about it, if it got out there in California. Yeah. But, but yeah, I heard something, something about, about that, something. You know? yeah, yeah, remember, Christian, I think it started from a video game. You know, the, the, the Plague Inc. or whatever. Yeah, yeah so, Plague yeah, Inc. That's, right. that's how it started. The virus the virus escaped from oh, yeah, the yeah. video game. Yeah, yeah. someone created such this a good uh, virus yeah. that it mutated off screen. <laughs> but yeah, I've been doing it for a year. Um, CEV Athletics. You know, we have a couple people listening. Um, I love it. Uh, Eric, I always... Do you have you pursued any more Shaolin Temple fighting, or was that just you, you a know of your youth? I, I was like one belt away from my black belt, and now that everything's settled down with uh, with school, with passing the bar, um, I'm actually going to get back into it. That's something I really miss. I really miss the workout. I really miss the people, and I, I do want to get my black belt. Absolutely, it's it's a great feeling doing it. It's such a great workout, man. And uh, I know Brazilian Jiu Jitsu too. It's it just gives you so much confidence. You feel like you have a sense of purpose. You get stronger mentally, physically. It's great. All around, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I love martial arts. 
I'm interested. I remember reading, I remember being at your house, you were doing something. I remember reading one of your Sean Temple books, like <laughs> reading this, this, it was like a whole chapter on breathing, like my breathing through your nose and stuff. I still incorporate those Shaolin Temple breathing techniques that I read in that book to this day when I work out. Well, hey, dude, you know, I, could, uh, I can Breathing through the nose, the toxins. What was that? I could, uh, I can make copies of it and send it to you if you'd like. Dude, I, dude, I, I would love that. Yeah, you got But, it, yeah, so you actually went to China at one point? Yeah, I did. That was uh, that was 15 years ago. Yeah. Wow. You know, obviously things are a little shut down now, but, you know <laughs> – what a great like! I don't think you probably didn't realize it at the time. What a great opportunity that was. Yeah, I, did, I definitely didn't appreciate it at the time. You know, I was just were you know just thinking about hanging out with my friends, uh, getting drinks, and like chasing uh, chasing chicks. So it's well, that's that, that's a good that's time well spent. <laughs> you know for sure. Um, do you eat anything? I did weird actually. Out there? Uh, I had scorpion. I had. Um, Centipede. It was. Ooh, it was how was that? It actually uh, gave me like this weird headache, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Venom. We had a Still lot of this. We had snake. I'm pretty yeah. sure we had dog. Um, sadly, like we, we I'm could... pretty sure we had dog when we go to. No, we, we went to this Chinese one restaurant cafe. and like we went to this one restaurant and like I just remember <laughs> it was it was giant. It was this huge restaurant. It looked like a freaking cathedral inside and up on the wall, an entire wall, like a hundred feet wide and then like super super long. It was all different types of animals from like turtles to dogs to cows monkey like not monkey but like you just crazy shit you don't see anywhere else in the civilized world and i just thought that was wild well they they eat monkeys too right i heard they do this thing where they have a monkey like head at the center of the table wasn't that like Crack it Wasn't open. that Indiana Jones? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you're thinking of Indiana Jones, Captain. There's a crazy no, little I, Asian I, boy I, taxi cab driver. <laughs> yeah, that, that was Indiana Jones. <laughs> I haven't seen those movies in a long time, but someone told me that in China they eat monkey brains. So well, China, China's number one, Cap. Don't you know? Yeah. Did you yeah. know? Apparently, they also eat bats. I mean, they eat they eat tiger. There's like a tiger gallbladder mm. trade and the pangolin trade and all this stuff. Beautiful. So eating Beautiful. monkey brains, nice. you know, straight out of a off the table doesn't seem that crazy to me. Okay, I I, I gotta ask you guys. Yeah. If, now that everything's shut down, we you know next time we get to travel, if there was one foreign country that you guys could go to on a vacation, where would it be? Uh, uh, Christian, wh- where would you go? One foreign country. Um, shoot. I mean, yeah. yeah so I'd probably yeah. go. So. What are the what are the conditions of this? Like, is everything open? Okay, yeah, like, yeah. Is uh, it, this is outside of the, this, this is outside of the free reign. Um, okay. The the flight and airfare is paid for. You have two weeks. Okay. Your bros. No, I just need to know. If no, I just your girlfriend's yeah. not coming. You are a single man in this in this in this world. 
Oh well, if girlfriend isn't going, then I'm not. Going. Oh, okay, Mister Mister Girlfriend. Guy. Okay, I'm not that this kind is of guy. this is an alternate universe. <laughs> where, oh, okay, where you yeah, are a different true. person, um, and you have let's say we'll we'll give you three thousand dollars. So so you kind of have to bu- you have to budget yeah. it as far as uh, hotels and stuff. Do I get a superpower of my choice? Like I can fly, Ugh. have X-ray vision. Um, you breathe underwater. You have one power. You can make a girl come just by touching her shoulder. Maybe you could do that already, but I'm gonna. I'll give you that superpower in case you don't. Okay. Well, for the record, if I had that superpower, I would touch Charlie's shoulder. And otherwise, I wouldn't touch any other shoulders. But where I would go. I would go to Sweden where my cousin plays hockey and I have not been able to see him play live, which I've wanted to. And right. that's something that's been Say? on the top of it. Yeah. So that's been on the top of my, that's been on the top of my bucket list for a long time. That's and really cool. I'm hoping, I'm hoping to go once this thing, now that I'm, you know, don't have a real job and I can travel more. Um, that's kind of been preventing me from going out to Europe. So now that I'm a little more flexible, it's like the number one thing I want to do. Um, but yeah, it's just, obviously there's no fans right now um, allowed. So it doesn't really make sense to go, but yeah. I mean, alternate universe, no Rona fans in the stands. That's, that's where I'd go. Yeah. And I've heard it's just, it's just awesome too. Yeah. It's a cool place to be. So Nice. That's my choice. All right. Uh, Thanks. Eric, well, what about you? Uh, I would go to a Japan. <laughs> I, I had a Ooh. feeling you were going to say that. You know, uh, Always wanted to go. Never have. Yeah, Japan. I, lo- I, cool I, I, I love the people. I love the culture. I love uh, the, the outlook, like the country. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I just think it's great all around, and I've always wanted to go. It is. It is very beautiful uh, as far as the culture, as far as what I've what I've seen in movies. Um, <laughs> uh, sushi is really good. From whenever I get it at the supermarket. Yeah. Gas station. Gas station. Yeah, gas station sushi. I feel like there's nothing like at. it. You know, hashtag food poisoning. <laughs> um, you know. I heard they import. I heard they import gas station sushi into Japan. Perfect. That's the real That's, stuff. That is the real stuff. Yeah. Oh my goodness! Uh, I I think I would do Brazil. Ooh. Um, just to change it up, mm. you know. Obviously, you got the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu thing. Mm. Um, but you know, yeah. there's. I feel like those. I I, I just want to strut around on a, with a speedo, with a yellow speedo. You know, on a Brazilian beach. Yeah, you, you, do you can do that here. Day. Why do you have? Well, why do you have to go to Brazil to do that? Well, I well maybe I will do it over here, you know. Yeah, you know, I do yeah. that in Galveston. That's how you you can only enter the beach unless you're in a speedo and cowboy hat. That's like that's normal down there. Yeah, the that's code. that. You know, the water is toxic, hmm. and you will probably you know you have cancer <laughs> after you've done swimming. But you know, Galveston's a very lovely beach. Besides <laughs> nice. that, but you make you make a statement. Yeah, exactly. What's the? How is it toxic? Explain how that works. I don't know if it's toxic, but it's just—it's definitely not California. Yeah. And obviously, Huntington Beach isn't the cleanest mm-hmm. water. Um, but compare Huntington Beach to Galveston, it's like that next step of dirty water. Mm. So, uh, you know, I'm obviously exaggerating, 
being a little sophomore when I say that, you know, you have cancer afterwards, but it, you definitely feel there's, and there's also like weird seaweed tides there, like to where there's just like tons of seaweed a lot. Like I feel like half the time I'm there, the water's just infiltrated with like nasty bug infested seaweed. So it's got yeah. that going on. It's actually pretty, that's pretty common in San Diego. Oh really? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the lawyer. I think cause there's a lot of, yeah, I think because there's a lot of kelp forests in the area. Um, but yeah, certain beaches were just always littered with uh, with seaweed, like piles of it. But yeah, Huntington, I feel like we didn't really get that much growing yeah. up. Yeah. Beaches were pretty clear. We just had, you know, 20 million people. Yeah. All you, the time. you just have like, you know, human rats, people that, that travel from Riverside on the beach. Yeah. You just have all that graffiti, 909, go home. It'd be like a war if you're on the north or south side of the pier. Um, I, I miss it. Like, real, you know, real so problems. Bad. Real problems. Oh, there were some good times. Oh yeah, real God. problems. God. Well, how, how has, uh, you know, obviously there's been a lot of gentrification from what I've seen last time I was in HB, as far as all the old shops and now these new age hipper, you know, hipster shops, you know, how do you feel the culture has changed in Huntington Beach, Eric? Uh, you know, it's, it's starting to turn into more like Santa Monica, in my opinion. Like, it seems like it's drawing more crowds, kind of like Newport Beach and kind of like Balboa. It, like, the people that walk around now and come come here, like, they're, they're obviously not all local. It's not the same vibe as it was, pretty much, is what I'm trying to say. Um, it's much more mainstream and it's getting more crowded and, uh, you know, in a certain respect, that's, that's kind of cool, but also it also sucks because it was nice having this small beach community that like did its own thing. That was kind of in a, in its own bubble within the orange County bubble, but it is. what. Yeah, it is. no, it was awesome. I felt like it was like, it had a small town vibe as far as on a summer day, you could, you you'd travel to your tower and everyone had their own little tower, like their neighborhood. And you just go there alone, and you're going to run into people you know. Yeah. You know? It, it, it was awesome. And now I feel like it's just all tourists, you know, which is great, I guess, if it's helping the economy. But what happened to Chronic Taco? That was, like, my favorite place to eat, you know? There was a risk of eating food poisoned about every time you went. But still, it was great. It was worth it. Yeah. Definitely worth yeah. it. No, I, I – it, Yeah. Money came in. Money. These people, these, these. Oh, but I mean, if too much money comes in, they're they're gonna close down. You know? They're gonna press pause and make it go bankrupt. So we gotta be careful. <laughs> gotta be careful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely definitely changed a lot. I mean, every time I go back there, there's some new massive development, and even like going up Beach Boulevard to just new giant apartment complexes everywhere. It's really crazy how much it's changed just in the past you know 10 years since we graduated high school um but yeah there's a whole new pacific city area down there and that's just like tourist galore i mean i can't i can't blame them it's obviously beachfront property and you know there's a draw and you get tourists in there but definitely not the same Remember how remember how mellow the U.S. Open used to be yeah. back in the day too. I mean, it got crazy, but like nothing like yeah. what it turned into. It kept on getting crazier and cr- crazier every year. Weezer yeah. Weezer played yeah. there, and it was like sort of low key and wasn't 
completely nuts. Yeah. And now it's just out of control. Now, now it's in TV shows. I was watching uh, the you know Dwayne uh, the Rock Johnson had that show Ballers, and you know in season three oh, yeah. they go to the Huntington Beach U.S. Open. <laughs> I'm like. I'm like, oh, you know, like I was talking to these Texans, like I used to go to that like every year when I grew up in California. You know, I, I sound like a douchebag, but like I was genuinely excited, like, you know, to see a place where yeah. I grew up. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like every summer we'd go there and get free stuff and you know do the weird free apps, <laughs> you know, and, and nobody cares about your childhood, you know, people that you grow up with, but like, you know, we know, we know those good yeah. times of those mellow Huntington Beach surfing U.S. Open. Yeah. Yeah. We were pretty fortunate to, to grow up there when we did because it was still Huntington for the most part was pretty non-commercialized yeah. and we were pretty low-key. I mean, especially during summers, during the weeks, like it wouldn't get that bad, but yeah, weekends were always. Just, I miss the smell wild. of that salt water, the Huntington Beach smell. I miss so bad. <laughs> I miss seeing the in and out. Like, I feel like I, I just did not. Remember the ta- yes. remember the Taco Bell? Yes. Wow, oh. they tore that down. Oh. My heart. <laughs> I remember going to that crappy Italian pizza My place, watching heart. LeBron give his. Uh, you know, speech and when he went to Miami, the decision. I remember yeah. watching that that crappy Italian the place decision. eating a slice of pizza, overpriced, overpriced uh, slice of pizza. Like, just so many memories are cemented there. Crappy Italian place. Yeah. Every place yeah. down there was just special. Like, I don't know. It's what was there? There was the the Taco Bell. There was that Italian place. There was a. Wahoo's, Wahoo's. Is Wahoo still there? It's still there. Wahoo's, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I remember. I don't think I ever bought anything there. I just always got water cups. <laughs> I filled it with soda every time. Like I was, I was just a broke ass, you know, high school kid. Class and I just got water cups and filled it with Sprite. You know, hoping that you know they wouldn't see the bubbles. Yeah. Oh gosh, Wahoo's. Oh my! The best times, guys. I am honestly about to cry of nostalgia now. Um, let's put our stocks in Wahoo and Chronic Tacos to you know to be ironic and save the companies that we love. There, there you go. That's kind of where all this stemmed from. Yeah. That was that was my perception. Obviously, I don't have a financial background, but to me, it just seemed like a bunch of you know people in their twenties and thirties just being nostalgic to some extent, right? You know, putting their money in GameStop and AMC, yeah. but you know, who knows? But one way to look at it. But I mean, the thing is, like, you know, AMC people right. want to go out and go to the movies again. Like, company was about to be bankrupted if no action was taken. Like, GameStop where they want to be, you know, the place to go. They want to be a social hub, and I think. Gamers. Hello? You there, Cap? Captain keeps on dying. Oh, yeah, there you go. Now Hello? We you. Yeah, you, you dead yet? <laughs> Cap. Is Cap dead? Uh, yeah, I think his phone, uh, his uh, mic keeps dying. 
Anyway, I, 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 oh, okay. Hello, hello. Okay, I think he's it's got. All right. Anyway, I think this has been a wonderful podcast. Yeah, man. Thank <sighs> Dude, you. Dude, I love talking with you. Yeah. No. Anytime. I, I, what I want to do, what I foresee in the future, is just having more regular guests and just having certain segments, you know, just kind of building from there. Cool, man. I, I think that sounds great. You know, I, I, it's a really good thing you're doing. Uh, I really like it. You know, I've been listening and uh, it's a pleasure to be on here with you, man. Of course, bro. Dude, anytime you have a real nag, you have a real good voice. I, I definitely see you as going to, you're going to be a great lawyer. You have <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate natural that. ability to communicate and talk. And uh, not only can you talk well, but you talk in a way that people like, which will lead you to being very persuasive. <laughs> which will allow you to make lots of money. Well, well thanks, so, man. I appreciate that. All right, I'll I'll, I'll be talking to you soon, and I hope hopefully Captain's not dead. <laughs> I know, right? All right, man. I'll uh, I'll talk to you later. All right. All right. Love you. Bye. Love you back.